Alright, hey, what's up? This is Evan, and I'm here with Michael. And we have got somebody new today. His name is Rob. Say hi. Hey, how's it going, guys? Alright, so um, something new we're going to talk about is the uh, a new website that Michael's in the process of building right now because we had a... Long story short, when we were... And we mentioned this on the first podcast. Snafu. When we were coming up with the name, we went through dozens, of, if not a hundred or more names... Everything we could think of. And we're going to go through them all right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, not again. We're going to go through the list. But we, we kept trying all these different names, and every time we found one that we thought was kind of funny or clever or we liked it, we'd do a quick Google search, and sure enough, someone's already taken it or had done something with it. And at some point, and I don't even know which one it was, but there was one that we found that we kind of liked. We both were like, okay, that's cool. We did a Google search, and there really wasn't anything there. So then we did a, a domain name search, and the domain name was taken. So that was like, crap. Which, what was that name? I, I don't remember what it was. We really liked it. We did. We, we thought that was great, so we went to the, to the domain name. It was taken. So then what happened is we stopped doing Google searches, and we kept doing domain name searches. And then we eventually got to DiceMonkeys.com, and it was available. So we bought it. It just, like, we didn't really Well, there was, like, it. an old Dice Monkeys thing, but it had run out, hadn't it? Uh, no, there was, like, a Dice... Because uh, there I don't think we found that till later. Because uh, when I put the, the podcast on iTunes, I noticed that there was a Dice Monkey radio, but it was just one episode from, like, four years ago, and I thought that they probably just didn't follow through and didn't do anything with it. So it wasn't until we actually had the website built and we started putting content. It was, it was actually... The guy who goes by Sly Flourish, he's mm -hmm. one of the tweeters that I interact with. I sent him an email and told him about the site, wanted him to basically plug us. He's like, uh, you know there's already a website like yours, right? And I'm like, no. So he sent me the link. I was like, oh, okay. So there's already a... So we actually found out that there was another DiceMonkeys.net. Dice well, like DiceMonkey. DiceMonkey.net, like a month or a month and a half ago, maybe? Something like that. When he said it. but And we discussed it then. We were like... Crap. So what do we do? And we talked to like a couple friends that do website building, and they were like, "Well, just don't worry about it for now. But you know, if something comes of it, then you might have to right. change it." Which something I think what it was through Twitter, wasn't it? Because right. you tweet, and then you can look at mentions, right? And, and you saw somebody else was mentioning Dice Monkeys, and you're like, "Oh, great!" Right. And then you start reading it, and it's somebody else. It's like, who the f <laughs> is this guy who's using our effing well, name? It wasn't quite like that. But, you know, you and I had talked about this. This is just a vanity project. We're having fun. You know, I think it's super cool when people leave comments and, and when I check every day our stats and they go up. But I don't think either one of us has a, has a thought that this is going to blow up to be big. So part of me thought, what does it matter if they're that similar? We're, we're going to be so small. But he was mentioning on Twitter to another person about, you know, didn't they know there was already a website? I wonder why they did that. Uh, so he eventually sent me an email, and he was very nice and very polite and just said, hey, you know, I've got this website. I've been doing it for like five hey, years. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been doing it for like five years. I'm trying to build a following, and yours is just really close. You know, would you mind changing your name since you guys have only been around for a little while? And we had already talked about it anyways. That same night during my game, we talked yeah. about it. You didn't seem like you were really – you didn't care a whole lot either way. No, because it's not like we've established anything yet either. Right. And if it's and it's not like we had this huge, uh, this uh, huge database or this huge content base on the website that was all based around monkeys like dice. Like if we lose the dice monkeys name or the dice monkey theme or whatever, we're not really out anything. Right. 
So we it, thought it was funny, but it really didn't. Yeah, that's cohes- really cohesively we, do anything. No, we uh, just thought it was funny because everybody thinks monkeys monkeys are funny, are funny. Yeah. and and that's part of the reason why I didn't care so much to change it. Is is when he mentioned it, I didn't get mad. Like I like you were a little bit mad. You're like ah crap, this is stupid. But you know, but but I ex- well yeah, and I explained to you like the dice. Even if we're not going to use the dicemonkey.com name, then it's, it's still, still going to be available. Right and. Every time somebody gets the dice monkey, I would think that just the word dice monkey would have a like an interest to D and D players. It seems like that's how we came upon it. Right. So the next time, assuming he does this for a long, long time, the next time somebody gets the dicemonkey.com name and they're doing some D and D content, is he going to go to them and say please stop? Right. And then the next time that happens, he's going to go to them and please stop. I mean. What, our, your advice to him is just going to be: you should probably buy the website name, right. and then you don't have to worry about it. It's, yeah. ten, it's ten bucks a year, you know, just to keep it out of other people's hands. Which, if he chooses to do it or not, that's fine. But, but for me, it was telling that when he asked us to change it, I didn't get mad about it. I didn't feel protective. I was like, no, all right. And I was no, and I didn't feel like protective over our website. I it was just the idea of well, you know. What are you going to do every time somebody wants to use that name? Right. So. so anyway, so we decided to change it. I, I did some hopefully better research this time, including Google as well as, as domain names. And I came up with one. And it actually is more aligned with what I want to do anyways. You know, D&D Academy, which is like teaching D&D to other people, which is kind of the goal of this podcast is for people who want to be DMs or who are new to DMing can listen to the podcast and maybe get some advice or insight. So it kind of fits... And then I was coming up with all these what I what I think are funny and clever kind of play on words like you know at D and D Academy where we teach rogues to do it from behind or where we teach druids to do it with animals and you know um, just on and on and on you know our sorcerers do it with charisma our wizards do it with books just you know like every race every class you can come up with some sort of funny double entendre type of thing uh, so I built the website it's still not done but it's set up more like there's a syllabus which is like the about. There's going to be a faculty page, which is like going to be us kind of explaining who we are, like a bio. There's a curriculum page, which is where you would get the adventures that are submitted. So it's I actually have a friend of mine who looked at it. He goes, you know, at first glance, it kind of looks like a real website for an actual school. That's what I said. I said okay. it looks like a real it looks like I'm going to CincinnatiState.com. And, like, where do I sign in to get my transcript? Well, and there's there's going to be, like, I need to get some artwork in the header. But I don't think that's a bad thing. No. I, I think I, you could keep the layout, and you could even keep the design that's there, but just put, the like, the D&D Academy logo, logo. that you have. It needs to be somewhere to, to right off the bat. And I, I did change the tagline from an institution of higher level learning to epic level learning because I just think epic level it, it's more of like an instant okay this isn't exactly because I think there's some people because you talk about well you think about um, yeah the indieacademy.edu <laughs> that, that would have been awesome uh, but I just don't think that like some people when you think of a university it actually is higher learning like mm. you talk about higher learning so higher level learning was kind of my play on words but I don't think it was distinct enough that some people might just think that's the way we're saying higher learning. So I think epic level learning. I think immediately people would think we're smoking pot. <laughs> well, what about with epic, epic level learning? Is that, is that better? But Yeah, but it's kind of a mouthful. Epic, le- well, and again, epic level learning. That's just kind of the, the tagline. I don't know if that'll be out there or not. And we may eventually change it. But in my head, I want to have like a little cartoon of like somebody paying for tuition with a bag of gold. 
You know, you have like going into a dungeon is like the final exam and coming out with an orc's head is graduation day. Like I just, I have all these sort of cartoon images in my head around the teaching aspect. Like even said the, like a t-shirt that says, you know, rogues do it from behind, but actually have like an image of an instructor showing a rogue with like a dummy. Like if you hit here, he's dead. If you hit here, he's stunned. If you hit here, he's incapacitated because you really are teaching. I thought you were going to make t-shirts of like. Like obscene T-shirts. No, no. See, that's it's the double entendre. It's, right. It's on the front. Rogues do it from behind, but on the back, it actually has an image that would really be like you're learning to do that skill. Like you know, wizards do it with books, and on the back, there's just like all these scrolls so, and these reading books. So, who would be the D and D class that just everybody knows doesn't get any tail? Like they have <laughs> what D and D class? Pro- just doesn't probably have paladins. Any game. Uh, paladin. Like in a band, it's the bass player. <laughs> the bass player is always the last to get. get I was thinking tail. dwarf. In a, in a, well, dwarf's really more of a race. You could. Or, oh, yeah, or, okay. I would say paladin because they're like all divine and righteous. They probably wouldn't be chasing tail. They want to get married first, and but then, but yeah, but then he would still have all the girls hanging on him, he like just, when they're in the in the tavern. But but like the lead guitar player, but he just, just wouldn't. Just doesn't seal the deal. Him. Yeah, probably. Uh, Who has a low charisma, low intelligence? Fighters. Well, yeah, but big dumb jock. True. That's hard to say. Okay, so anyways, Anyways, the point of that is that the website's going to move. The new name is dndacademy.com. Correct. Okay, so now back to the the normal way we do things. So we have a list of topics, and I'm going to start. I'm going to start the first topic. Well, and that's one reason why we wanted to bring Rob in by asking Rob a question. Right, Rob is brand new. He just started playing D and D with us. Uh, he started playing Magic with us. He, he fell asleep while we were talking. But, you, so wake you, him up. You got me back in. I was drinking a beer. It's all right with Rob. So he's played what three games? Maybe four. Is that what it is? Yeah, about four. Okay, so my first question to you, which is going to start our first topic. Our first topic is in-game rewards. So my question to you is, when you start, when you play like a video game or um, when we're playing D&D, how much do you like finding the treasure? Like finding the sword that is more powerful or finding the gloves that... Because you and me both play Skyrim, and that's what that whole game is about. That whole game is going through the story, but then all the side quests are basically just to build your stats and find cool shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Loot. Yeah. Basically, loot. To any role-playing game, and and that's why... Do you get really really excited about that? Well, yeah. I was going to say, every role-playing game that I ever play, it's like, not only do I just want to conquest or defeat the game, but I want to make my character the absolute best that my character can possibly be in whatever angle But there, I'm there's going. like a, uh, there's an excitement over the item, don't you think? Like, getting the the bigger, better helmet that has a special power to it. Getting like, the Diedrich armor. Oh, it's like, oh, I, I it's can plus do that. 10 I can get against that undead. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it could be stupid. Like, it could have no effect, but it's just the idea that it's... Well, if you got it to the point, like, in Skyrim, you know, you're looking through every little catacomb, and you're looking through every little burial jar and everything for coins, and sometimes you find something with a whole lot of stuff, and then sometimes you... Or or you'll get that to that end treasure chest, and, oh, how lame is that? You know, you got, like, 30 coin and, like, a couple rubies or something. But if you had stuff in there like that, like... Where it was, 
you had really great things. You got rewarded for doing... You were still doing the same actions to get great things, but at the same time, maybe... Uh, well, well, you know, that was kind of a bum. Maybe I shouldn't have gone. It was kind of a waste of time, but it was still a thrill to try and chase something that you thought was... Or sometimes something that. doesn't work out, but you still get cool stuff out of it. Getting cool stuff is just always... And I feel like that too. It's always but, a bonus. So Michael's point of view is like he doesn't like magic items in D and D in the D and D game. It's not that I don't like them. Like, uh, and part of this I probably have overcorrected. Uh, I'm trying to trying to be open minded about this. But I grew up D and D in my infancy. I started playing when I was a kid. So you know, when when you're a kid and you play things, it's different than an adult. But as I played when I was a kid, it seemed like we got so much stuff that it stopped being fun. Like, I don't want to be in a game where I can throw my plus five magic sword away because I've already got another plus six magic item. For me, D&D, one magic item should be cool. It should be interesting. Like, you, you get one magic item, that should be such an amazing thing that you would never give it away just because you get a one that's a little bit better. Where the game is kind of designed that way, at least in 3.5 and especially 4th edition, where you kind of have to keep getting more powerful stuff like a video game or you fall behind. Well, and, and I don't do that. I, I think if you get a magic sword that's like a flaming sword, that that defines your character, and you're going to be now be the guy who's got the flaming sword well, for the rest of your life. Uh, I, I think throwing in just a couple Easter eggs or anything like that, well, oh, you know, this is a really great thing, but maybe keeping it limited, because I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, if you kept it limited, maybe it has a negative, like, oh, it's got this great bonus to it, but if you keep holding on to it, you know, it, it's going to bring this down, this down, or this down, or maybe it loses its effectiveness after so long. Maybe it, it, it's just something fun to get for the See, moment. I'm not opposed to you guys getting stuff, just not at the same rate that we're probably used to from video games, and and it's, it doesn't I feel like yeah. the same in a in a D and D scenario compared to when I'm playing Skyrim or something like that. I I would want it much slower and less items. Because you're limited to so many actions and things that you really can do in yeah, a that's D&D true. game compared it's, to what you can do in Skyrim, where mm-hmm. it's just nonstop back and forth. I mean, yeah, in a like a D and D encounter might take a half an hour to yeah, an hour, a thirty and you second only, you thing might, might take yeah six or eight actions before it's over, and you might you don't have time to take advantage. But I I don't necessarily agree with your point of view about how like. Uh, it doesn't make sense for all these magic items to exist because it's a fantasy. We're playing in a fantasy world where magic exists. Yes. We all, like, most of us have some magic ability. Um, and to me, it makes sense that if that we would be, we would find magic items. Now, it wouldn't necessarily be like, it would be like living in this world, the real world. And guns exist, you know. It's not like somebody would find a gun and and it would all it, it would be the greatest thing in the world. It's magic is common to the world, so I I don't like it. It doesn't make sense to me that you would say that they would be so rare that it doesn't make any sense to put them in the game. Anyways. Well, and I think part of that goes back to the lore of how magic items are created. And this may be even go back to like basic D and D, which isn't even applicable in 3.5 or certainly not in fourth edition, but I still hold on to that is the way magic items are created in my mind, in my world is that it takes 
energy from the caster. It's it, like a, a gun for that good example. You you can put the opponents together and you create a gun and it does what a gun does. But in D&D, like if I'm going to make a magic ring, I have to pull, pour my energy and my magic and it physically weakens me as a wizard to do that. Like if I made four or five rings in a row, I'd die because I would have killed myself in the process because it takes so much energy. So making a magic item isn't like just, you know, bink, there's a magic item, bink, there's a magic item. It's a time investment and an energy investment that it has to be a specific reason. So I, in my head, I'm thinking, why would the wizard take the time to create this ring of X? So it has to have a reason for it. You know, there's a plot that's designed there. It's not like going to Walmart and picking one off the shelf. You know, it's not a mass marked mark or mass produced type of thing. In my head, that's what I'm seeing. Where you probably are looking at it differently. I think. Well, in my head, I'm I'm thinking that the the plot line, like let's say we're playing the story of where somehow like that wizard is the evil wizard, and where the plot line that we're playing is ties into him creating this ring. So the magic, let's say there's a magic item in the game, and it's this ring that he's either created or creating for a purpose, and that's the plot line that we're playing. What I'm saying is like. Say take the uh, the world that we're we're the game we just started. Right, we're slaves in a bit a great in this big world. I don't know how big it is, but there that world has been in existence for uh, thousands of years, tens of thousands of years, more. I don't you know it's right. it's up to our imagination to decide you know how long it's been in existence and over that tens of thousands of years there have been that wiz- like that wizard that have created things and they've passed on but those things are still around well, and I- we're just playing one little story in that whole timeline of the world and it would make sense for us to for you know other people to have uh, have found items and maybe they've made their way into a museum maybe they've made their way into a shop you know and they're really expensive and you can buy them but they're there well and again i think just to clarify i'm not saying that i don't have magic in my world there are magic items your characters will eventually find them but but you're never going to get to a point in my game hopefully where finding a magic item isn't a big deal but is are is the magic item going to be Something that rewards the character, or is it going to be some more like something that's part of the storyline? Well, some in both. Uh, like I do want to try to have, like I try to create items that make sense for your character, but also have a story. So, for example, Rob, your new character is as a, a ranger who uses a bow. Yeah. So it would not be unusual for eventually you to come upon a magical bow, and it maybe is even more powerful than you realize. Like when you first get it, find it, buy it, whatever, you're like, oh, this is like a great bow and I shoot it at more accurate. It does more damage. And then over time, you realize it actually has a power that you can activate. And maybe after a yeah. longer time, you actually find out it's even more powerful than you originally thought. So Becoming it almost, a better archer. And it grows with yeah. you rather than just, oh, I get a plus two attack. And then two days later, you find a better bow. You're like, oh, fuck this. You know, and you pick up the plus three. And now you're ready to go kill some shit. Like, I want that magic item to become a part of your character, part of your story, that you're now the guy with the magic bow, not the guy who has a magic bow today and a different magic bow tomorrow and tomorrow's boots and then he's... Yeah, uh, I, I get what you're saying and I I, I hope that that does happen. I mean, I, I look forward to that uh, tremendously. Uh, I, I did want to say, though, like, uh, the first game that we played and it, we had that water bag, the water, the mat, and, and that was a benefit... For everyone in the entire group, right? That, 
it, it, it gave us life, and and that helped us all out, especially my character, yeah. more than yeah, more, a, more than, than a few out. times. But well, and to clarify, you you started playing in the game that Evan ran, which we've talked about on earlier podcasts, and we did not have a cleric in that party. And based on the way the game's working, if we didn't have one, we probably would have died. So Evan created an in-game mechanism. Basically, you gave us like a magic bag that creates healing potion. Uh, so that way we can heal each other outside mm-hmm. of combat, and we don't basically. Just... You have to deposit semen into the bag, <laughs> and then when you drink it, then I'm doing yeah. it wrong. That, that's not how it works for me. But I mean, it, and it makes sense. It's an in-game thing. It's a cool magic item, and, and I'm more likely to give out those type of things than than just a more yeah, powerful armor. I, I'm not saying you know I want to find you know new gauntlets and new boots and uh, everything the whole all the time, but. That is Just, what I'm saying, though, because if I could, if, I think maybe I have an analogy that I could explain it with. Okay, let's say you hit the lottery. There's going to be people who want who want the slow payout. There's going to be people who want a little bit at a time, and as they invest it, it gets bigger and bigger. And then at the end, they have grown with this money, and they have invested it, and they have all this you know wealth, and they've done it smartly. There's going to be people who want the quick fix. There's going to be people like, give it all to me now, and I'm going to go blow it, and I'm going to have the time of my life. And I'm okay with that. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, can you cater to both? Well, can you give people and what that's, somebody... That's, that's my question to you, because I've said before, you know, I understand your player's, player's play style. Because I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just different than what I'm used to doing. So all how, we're, I think all we're having right now is just a conflict of interest between how you like to DM and how I would like to how play. You play. So I guess the, the issue is how do I satisfy you and, and keep giving you things in the game that you're constantly like, oh, a new toy, a new toy, a new toy, without, in my mind, destroying this sort of background in my head world building that it would it would make it less fun for me to play. So I guess either one of you, can you think of a way that I could can reward you but not break my game in my mind? I don't... Well, well I'm not I, sure I like how the you idea. The I liked the idea uh, that I had where... It loses its effectiveness after so long. It it's really great for a little while, maybe for an upcoming event that may possibly happen, may not, and then they're useless. Or in your game, Evan, you had those magic bags that we didn't know what the hell they did. We still don't know what they did, and we, we still don't. We still have no idea because the guy we gave them to never freaking threw them. <laughs> But I'm just saying, and that's actually a that good was a, idea. There was, are there is a mechanism we, in the game called charges that already exists. Yeah. It's more for like wands and staffs. Like you have a wand to fireball with ten charges, use it ten times, and then it's gone. So that maybe that way you don't accumulate. I have seventeen swords, but I had a sword for a while. I used its power. Like every time you use its power, it degrades it. Well, then like, you had to get a new one. Maybe it's a little bit better than the one you had. Okay, so for instance, like, in Skyrim, a, like uh, if you have a magic weapon, it does have a charge. It runs down yeah, and then it loses its magic. Runs down. Okay. You could do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just loved how we never learned what those bags did. I loved and, it too. And when well, it hit that door, and you're just like, it hit the door, and black powder sand just went. What I was telling Michael on a pot on one of the other podcasts we did was that if you guys would have started throwing those bags, like let's say on the bridge or in the encounter, it it, it would have just turned into a circus of the craziest stuff happening that would have just blown your mind, and it would have been this awesome thing. But I re- actually I really like the te- there's like a little bit of tension where it's like, well, we don't know what these do, 
and we're not just going to go throwing them at whoever we want because what if it hurts us? Right. So I like that. It, and, and couldn't just back a little bit about magic. This is just sort of the history of the game. When I grew up playing D anD D, when you got a magic item, you didn't know what it did. That was part of the game. It's like okay, you find this sword, like you you go through a dungeon, and you're like, oh, this is clearly I like that. special. And so there's always this sort of exploration of what it does and how it works, and over time you you understand what it what it does. But then you kind of get into some sort of silly situations, like there's a keyword, like you know this wand will only cast its magic spell if you know the keyword. So then that, then you have in game people going Frank, Bob, Summer, Winter, and, and like for hours just randomly throwing out words on the off chance you'll get it right, and and that's funny once, but if you have to do that every time you get a magic item, it becomes silly. So as the game progressed, they just made it easier and easier for you to figure out what, what, what magic items do. In 3.5, there was a spell called Identify. It takes eight hours. So you sit in like a tent, you hold the magic item, and you, you pray and you cast, and eight hours later you're like, okay, this is an iPad tablet now of, I know what it is. of Twitter. Um, and you know what it does, and you know the keywords to make it work. In 4th edition, it's like a minor action. Oh, that's this. And they just kept yeah. speeding it up, which to me devalues... The magic. So I need to find a happy balance where you're getting rewards, maybe temporary. That's actually a really good idea is to make them, you know, that they degrade over time. But you still get cool stuff that keeps the game moving forward. And then occasionally, because like in my mind, like a cool scene would be you go into like this junk shop. Some guy just collects crap throughout the city or maybe this, the countryside. And he's got this one item that's just kind of nice. And he has no idea what it does. So you, you buy it for a little bit more than you should. And then later you realize it's magical yeah. versus walking into a shop and there's like, you know, plus seven sword behind glass. He's like, oh, you know, white gloves. This is the sword that killed Sauron. You know, I just, to me, that's not D&D to me. Yeah. Uh, what it, I mean, the soul gem idea, what about that? You know, I mean, it could... Is that too much of a ripoff? Or well, I th- no. I mean, no, there's there no are there are cursed that. items in D and D which which you get a benefit, but there's also a penalty, and that's I think that's kind of what you're talking about. So that yeah. it's not super uber powerful. It can be, but it also hurts you over time. You got to make that balance of I use the sword to kill this enemy, but I may die for it. Yeah. Uh, kind of a plus minus thing, but you don't want to get to the point where you get this cool sword, but you can't use it. It's like oh, I'd rather not have this weapon than have it. It still has to have a little bit better than the negative but it's definitely something to talk about was there anything else or was there a different point of view about in-game rewards that you wanted to talk about because we went kind of straight to what we were talking about on the last one well i wanted to talk to rob this quickly because you weren't here for this last one my current in-game reward system is hero points uh because i do group experience i don't do individual that's how i that's how i reward people for individual things and evans brought up that he that's really not a reward for him like he doesn't feel a feeling of Recognition reward. It's a reward, and I'll use it, and I like when I get to use it, but I would You'd really, prefer something else. I would prefer something else. So he you, wants something a little more permanent. So how do you feel about hero points? Do you like them? Do you not like them? Does it matter? When when I first heard you say, well, in my game, in my game, I give out hero points, and you start with three, and I was like, oh, man, that's fantastic. Oh, that's great. Cool. But you didn't you even know? know what they were. Well, I was just like, oh, just this like, is oh, I got three yeah. of these. Oh, this yeah. is cool, and I can use these to when I really need that extra boost. I can I can lay that down, and I I had a couple of moments where it was totally worth it to have a hero right. point. But just quickly on that, because I know we want to move on. There are times because the way hero points work is you get a d six, you get to add to your attack, or you get to make, figure out damage differently. 
But there's still times where you use a hero point and you fail. Because you roll crappy on the D20 anyways. When my barbarian jumped off that cliff and was going to have that totally epic moment, but and then, then fell. Uh, so the, do you yeah. think it would be better to maybe give a little bit less of them and just say, you give me a hero point, it works. You want? I, I want to hit this guy with my sword. Okay, hero point, you don't have to roll... And it's like an automatic. It's like you can only have it's a one lot time. more yeah, limited of an item. You get them a lot less frequently, but it's a guarantee. Because that, that is one thing that sucks for me as a DM, because I give them to you to use, and I can see it in people's eyes and like in their demeanor, like, oh, oh I got a hit, I'm going to use my hero point, and they still miss. It just sucks. And it kind of devalues the hero point. But I don't want to make them so powerful either that they... they I don't know, well, because then, an autom- uh, you're giving somebody an automatic hit, which to me is like... Why don't you just give them a magic weapon that only works once and it's an automatic hit? I I think maybe if you did use the the hero to, uh, token in that aspect where it's they can use it how they choose as long as it doesn't you know like go way outside of the rules or anything. But you know I want you know the full damage this and and you do have it as uh, an extremely limited. Or, or maybe that's a double token moment. I, it's still when you had when you get, put the hero the physical act of the moving. physical act of putting because it's a poker chip, and when you put it on the table, it's like betting because you still might lose. Like you're put, I'm giving you my hero point, but there, but even though I've given myself this better opportunity, I, there's still a chance that I could fail, and so and. I there's I think that should still be there. Like if you're going to keep the hero point system, I think so what that about should this? still be there. Going back to our D and D next experience, what if instead of rolling the D six and adding it, you get to roll a, a D twenty or and you, take the higher, the better. or you roll it and if it doesn't succeed, then you can try again. If you roll it the first time and you hit, then you don't worry about it. But I guess you could get a it would crit. Be, so you, basically, you get to roll the dice again and take the result that you want. Would that be a better reward? Would it feel different? Would it be? You know, something you'd like more than the D6. You know, the fact that you just give us something a little extra and the the possibility that it's there, that's that's good enough. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> no, come on! So you, Rob's, that's the, not your son. <laughs> Rob's the good son. Right! You're the ingrate. Come on! There, there, we're, we're not necessarily saying, Michael, you, you're a bad DM. No, that's not <laughs> what we're saying. We're just <laughs> saying, like... What are better ideas? Right. What's like, and I'm, and I'm open to those different ideas. So I was just I'm happy easy with it. Way and, and how limited? I mean, I've only gained an extra token once out of the whole time. You never given me one. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, and it, it's hard to get them. And once they're gone, they're gone. Right. And uh, and just like you said, Evan, it's it's a bet. It's a gamble. It's like. <clears throat> It's like putting that you got a it potion, doesn't, it's you not got an a automatic poison potion win, to put right? on it's your not, sword. And I think and that, you that should still something. be there. Yeah. But you I think that there's a there is an actual uh, really a really good solution that's right in front of us that we're not putting together. Because what your your friend uh, Rich or Rob? Rich, Rob. Both uh, of them are common. I think it's Rob that said you talked about here uh, in-game rewards, but your hero points are actually out-of-game rewards. Right. Okay. So, a hero, you give somebody a token, and but don't but call it a hero point. Give it to their character. Give it to their character and say that it's a 
it's a spell that you don't have to memorize. You don't have to. It's just you can be in the middle of combat, and as a minor or just for as a free action, you can say this spell, and it will give you a extra d6 chance to hit. It's a spell that a in, scroll. It's a, it's like a scroll that or just something you memorize, but it but you just it's something that disappears. It goes away. A one time I mean, deal. And that would be like, I mean, it's an in-game item. It's kind of a magic item, and I kind, I actually, I kind of like that. I also I, like the idea of changing it so it's not just a one d six. Maybe doing the extra d twenty. I'd like something. to try that for a game or two and see if it feels different. I don't know if it if it would be. I don't know what that would be like, but all right, we can try like that. To try it. All right, very I, good. I like the scroll idea, like the temporary magic item. Yeah, it. I've got this in my pocket for only it only works on undead. Or Come up like with that. something in the world that we're playing in that because it's still for me. That I'd you might do it find every once in individually. A while. Like for you, it'd be arrows. So you have a bow, but maybe you find a couple arrows. These are magic arrows. Once the you bow, shoot them, they're the gone. Bow creates arrows. Once they're gone, they're gone. For you, it might be a spell. Uh, you know, for another character, something that fits their character: mm-hmm. sword, oh, shield, that kind of thing. An endless quiver. They have those. Really? Yeah. We really play endless quivers, anyways. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not like anybody's counting how many arrows. But like the old D and D cartoon where you, pull, you just pull the string back and like an arrow appears there, type of thing. What was that movie? Immortals. That Immortals. Yeah, yeah, that's what that it's was. It's the bow that. Um, yeah, but if you watch the D and D cartoon from the seventies, he does the same thing too. Okay, do you want to go to the next topic? Yes, yeah, so let's let's move on. So All you, right, you pick the next long. one. All right. I want to talk about role-playing yourself in a game, because that's an idea that we had going into the last game. So the idea was that we would, uh, there's four of us plus the DM, and the four of us would be our normal selves, but then we would get, we were throwing around ideas for what kind of game we wanted to play before we went to your house that night. So the one idea that somebody came up with was... um, uh, Nico came up with the idea to play superheroes, and everybody was like, okay, that's cool. And then Jared came up with the idea to have um, kind of like a, a warp. Uh, you go, you get por- uh, portaled or, or warped to another dimension, and we're ourselves. And we kind of put the two together for a little while and was like, okay, well, what if we're kind of playing these superheroes thing, but then we get warped? And the more serious we got talking about playing ourselves in a D&D game, people started to go, no, we just can't do that. It just wouldn't make sense, and we can't do it. And I was just so taken, I was I was kind of like taken aback by it, because I'm like, we're playing D&D, like, we can do anything we want. And there's ways to get around anything. Right. And I just thought that the idea of, okay, you're Rob, but now we're playing the game, you're still Rob. You know, you're you don't have to play your character. You don't have to play the human being Rob. <clears throat> so your stats don't have to necessarily reflect right. So what you're So I've done this before. I've, in, in my career I've played in a couple of games and I've ran a couple of games and I have had a lot of fun with them. But to Nico's point cuz he was the one that was kind of the biggest detractor and and he's right. I have seen this in the games that I play is that if you're going to be honest with yourself most people's stats will be less than the stats that you would generate for your character. Now, for me, I don't care about that because I like playing zero-level characters anyways. I like playing characters that are more role-playing. So I don't really care if I have to have an 11 and everything. That's not a big deal. 
But where people really start getting upset is compared to each other. Okay, so like we're all sucked into this world and we're rolling stats. Okay, I have a strength of, of nine. You have a strength of 12. You're, you're clearly stronger than me. You work out a lot more. You're in the military. You're in a lot better shape. But I think I, my character, should have a 16 intelligence because I consider myself an intelligent. But then you think you should have a 16. But, my but secretly, I think I'm smarter than you, so that doesn't make sense to me. So now I'm angry. But all you need is an in-game... Uh, happening where it where okay like we step through this portal and when we go through we come out on the other side and it has changed us right and that's like i'm i still i'm still evan i still have the memories right that i had before i still make right. decisions and, and i had done this and i but, kept saying i've got that figured out if you guys want to do this i've got it figured out and they just kept going around the same circle over and over again because i do i have a really cool in-game way Similar to what you're saying, that we take that out of the equation, but you're still personality-wise, you're you, but physical body may have changed, and even maybe intelligence. Like, and I got that has figured out too. too. Like, I you got know, like Rob fell and hit his like you roll your stats, and maybe Rob's intelligence comes out really low. Well, Rob had something happen during the warp that like he hit his head or he's suffering from something or right. like he can't yeah. think straight. You he's can, still big and strong, and he can swing a sword, but he can't right. think straight. So. So it was a little bit... So I just was... I, I, I couldn't understand why they were so opposed to it. And maybe they'd not had a good experience. I, I was all for it. I actually had spent... Because that was one of the ideas that came out early. I'd spent all day working on a game that would work. So I had... I was good to go. If you guys wanted to do that, we could have done it in a heartbeat. And I still use some of it. I'm still going to use some of it in my game that we have. Uh, but I'm all for it. I think it's fun. Well, I... <clears throat> all I want to say is... I had my phone in my car that day, and when I came back, there were 38 emails <laughs> about that discussion. So I just stayed out of it until I got to your house that night. And the way I felt... Would you it, think that would be fun? Well, no. Because I play video, <laughs> I play video games because I want to... I don't want to think like me. I want to play a character that yeah, but even is, I want to be I want to be that a bad guy or I want to be like that superhero like that. But even when you play video games, it's still an extension of yourself. You're playing the video game because you're getting a thrill pretending that you're that you're sneaking around and you're getting a thrill pretending that you are that you're wearing this armor. So it's still an extension of yourself and it's still your personality. You're still making decisions in the game like you would it's your normal a self. Fantastic fantasy it's just a version. fantasy version of right. what you're okay. doing. So I still would like to try it sometime but but I have seen issues like they said that that it's broken down. But a lot of that comes to the players, <clears throat> a lot of it comes to the DM you well, know and what you want to do with it because I remember the one game that I played in like that I just remember I was like the only person I felt that was role playing, and maybe it's sappy, but again I was dating my now wife at the time, and so in, in the way it worked in the game is basically we got there to play D and D, and then we got sucked into the portal. So like we were the, like we know about D and D, and like the only thing you had on you was what you had at the table. So like some guy has like his bag of dice and his shoes, and you know the other guy, like, one guy didn't have his glasses on, so he couldn't see because he'd set them off that kind of thing. And I was like, oh my god, I, you know my my girlfriend, I'm what's going on? Everybody else is like, I want to be the paladin, and I was like. That's not how you would react if you really got sucked into another world. You would be concerned about that. Would you really worship a deity? I mean, if you're a Christian, for example, would you be able to say, like, fuck Jesus, now I worship Paylor, so I get cool powers? I just felt like nobody was actually role-playing how you actually would, but they were probably having more fun because they were being cool paladins and rolling dice, and I was all like, oh, I want to go home. 
You know, so it kind of depends but on... But do you think that you were right and they were wrong? No, I just think it's a different play style, but I seem to be the only one that was interested in really exploring... Which we talk about. That's my type yourself. of yeah. How I really would wreck, and you know, eventually I got over it. And eventually, I'm they like, weren't okay. I see what you're saying. I see and at some point, about. the game, the way it progressed, is like an, an NPC showed up and said, "This happens. People get transported here. We know about it. We'll, we'll help you. There is a way home, but it's dangerous." So then I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm going to learn how to do something so I can get home." So I was able to eventually stop being a pussy and start being a DV character. So when you all came out of the portal on the other side, you were like. What the hell just happened? And they were all like, "Yay!" We just <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> they're all like, "I'm going to start doing this." Yeah. And, you know, they're all, they're basically were playing D and D versions. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's how. Uh, <clears throat> well, I, I was going to say you were playing like how Michael did uh, the game that we played just a little bit ago, where your character Jumped killed himself into the tree. Yeah. Well, it's not like he well, was trying to kill himself. Yeah. He he grabbed the rope a couple of times. <laughs> On the way down. On the way down. He was basically he was he was like the guy. But but you had you know, him panicking making, for a while. He was like the guy making the leap for the ledge to try and get out of the prison in Batman. Yeah. And I'm, he and he got up there and it looked like he might not make it, but he was like, I got it. I have to go. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, and I so like and I that to something just to say one something real quick about that. I kind of w- felt like I was made to feel like I was do like I did something wrong during that game. And I didn't like that because that I did I was just really tr- trying to role play. No, but when it was over, I felt like I was made to feel like I did something wrong no, by I, killing a, by killing off a character like early. No, on. I, I don't think you did anything wrong, at least not with that character per se. I think the the issue came in was when you we quickly had you create another character which you really weren't prepared for, and you really didn't have time because we were just trying to basically pause the game so you could catch up so you wouldn't be left behind. And then you didn't really have time to flesh out the character. You, and, and then there was some miscommunication. And you started doing stuff that the other characters perceived as unnatural, possibly evil. But I think you just thought of it as, I'm a survivalist. You know, here's basically meat. I'm not going to die because of some, you know, crazy belief. And they're all like, we, we got food. We're not starving. Why are you trying to eat that old lady? And so it just sort of, like, suddenly turned I the game. I was just more, like, doing uh, random things with the character because I didn't know I didn't know if I should just go back to playing the original character, like, the same personality, but, you know, he died, or if I needed to come up with, like, a whole new personality and play uh, something different. And I didn't have... I didn't have... Well, I had a blank page I, oh, for that new character, and I didn't know what to do. So I, I know I know this stuff. about you both. All right, I mean, Michael loves an extremely detailed, well thought out character and storyline, and you're all about. That's why you like those playing at starting at zero and one level characters. And Evan, you like just playing the game, and I know you really don't like having a well thought out character or. To it, put it not near not, as in depth as what I think you go into. Mm-hmm. I, w- I do want to have a little bit, but you're you're definitely right. Like, and I and I know you were extremely frustrated when everyone was like, "Well, what 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 deity or what religion does he?" Pr-? And it's like, man, I don't know the like, answer. And, and I know things. you're, and I'm still really new to it. And I and I like to have a really well thought out character and name and everything like that. I like to think about it and even have a week's worth of time and research on stuff like that. Well, and, I, I think, and, and for me to come up with something spur of the moment, and I would be flustered. Well, for one too. thing for you to know about me is, is I do try to control the game because I have a story I'm trying to tell. But for me, D&D is a shared storytelling 
event. So if someone were to say to your character in character, you know, what god do you follow? And you're like, I follow Krusty the Clown, the god of humor. I won't be like, okay, I'm not going to go, no, he's not in my world. Like, I'm not going to tell you no. Or if someone says, like, what city are you from in our, in our current game? You're like, oh, I'm from New York. It's this city on the bay. Okay, you now New York now exists in my world, and whatever you tell me happened there happens there. You're helping me build the world as we go. So I'm never going to just... Now, if you say something that doesn't make sense, because, like, in my game, tieflings are the bad guys. If you're like... I worship Michael. He's the... He, he runs this world. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to let you go guy. with it. But if you pick something that's just... That this doesn't make <laughs> that's sense... That's what I should do. I should be... So I should be like... I pray to my Michael, please let this roll. <laughs> if this roll fails, please let me roll again. <laughs> that would be so good. That, that actually would be kind of funny. But but I'm basically I'm going to let you help me build the world. I'm not going to shut you down unless again you pick something that that would break the game. Like tieflings are bad guys in this current game. If you're like, oh, this whole city's tieflings. We're cool. We hang out on the weekends. No, that you can't do. But if you just tell me the name of a place, you know, it's mostly elves, and I'm a human, but they taught me. That's why I'm a good ranger. Fuck yeah, let's go. It's great. I'll, I'll draw a map and I'll put New York there. And then later I might reference that and it helps me hook your character into a different uh, story. And, and an issue that I have, especially creating and coming up with things, is I'm still learning what all these classes and uh, character types are and, and what their true niches in their worlds are. I... I so my vocabulary, I guess I should say, right. is extremely yeah, I, limited. I, me too, definitely. Moving on? Sure. Okay, the next one that I want to hear what you have, what you want to bring up is player cheating. Okay, so the reason this comes up is I've told you, I've started listening to a new podcast. It's uh, the Major Spoilers Crew podcast, Critical Hit, and it's all about... Uh-huh, what? Yeah, it's the, the name of the... It's like we're D&D Academy, and the podcast is Dungeon Talk. Mm-hmm. Their website is Major Spoilers Crew, and the name of their podcast is Critical Hit. Okay. And what they're doing... And the podcast is like four years old. Is right when 4th Edition came out, and they're basically live podcasting their games, teaching the game to themselves as well as to the potential audience. And one of the players in that podcast is on Skype. He's not physically in the room. And I had read through some of the message boards, people are saying, that guy's a cheater. You know, he crits all the time. There's no way that, that he's rolling that good. And then now that I'm listening to the podcast, I don't know that he's cheating. I'm not saying that he is. But he does but he rolls average, a dude. lot of good, like, like every game there's like four natural 20s. I mean, I'd love to do statistics on how With many. With Skype, you have a camera, right? Right. But yeah. but they're not focused on him. He's looking at the camera. They should. The he should be off camera and his just his, his dice, dice should be well, off camera. Well, I was going to say... If Evan ends up moving, we could just Skype Evan and still play it, and there'd be a computer screen of Evan's face. I think it would And then be we cool. could have a camera well, playing actually, the board. And if the DM was the Skype person, that'd be fine. You know, you'd have to have somebody on the board. True, but, yeah. but, but the DM could do all the roles and stuff. It, it would be fine. But anyways, so there's a lot of people that are saying on the message boards that he's a cheater and that he cheats, and I'm listening to it. And again, I'm not saying he's cheating, but I am saying, damn, he rolls good. And, and actually, in the podcast I'm listening today... One of the other characters said, you notice that the guy that the DM can't see roll always rolls well? Like, they actually started talking about it. So I kind of think that maybe they were sensing it. But I wanted to ask you guys, because I've dealt with this. I've had two players in my in my career that I can think of off the top of my head that I'm pretty sure cheated. And I'm talking about cheating on rolls, not building the character. Because I really don't care. If you come to the table with all 18s, I probably wouldn't care. But like when you're actually in the game rolling, and the way we play, we're on a table. I can see it. 
But like in college, especially, we we play like in a like a living room or dorm room. One person would be over here, one person would be over here. So people would roll on their own little tables and just say what the result was. So what do you think I should do as a DM if someone's cheating, or what what do you think would happen or should happen to a player that's cheating? The head <laughs> in the game or out Death. of the game in your basement in my basement. <laughs> Uh, I don't, okay, I don't really know because, like, first of all, I effing hate people who cheat in, like, friendly games. Okay, like, for, well, and not not that I like, I don't like people who cheat in more (laughs) serious games, but, like, uh, this is gonna sound so petty, but for example, um... You know, Gina's family is so close and so nice with each other, okay? And I will, like, Are you going to have to cut this out so you don't get divorced? No, but I'll I'll play a game of Pictionary with her family. Gina's mom and dad will be on a team on one side of the table, and somebody else will be on a team on the other side of the table. Gina's mom does not care about winning the game. She cares about seeing all her kids do well. So she will be, mo- I'll be like looking this way and I'll turn around and she'll be mime, she'll be like miming an answer to Gina or one of her kids. And it's not, it's not helping her. Like it's hurting her, but she just doesn't care about her team right. winning. She wants to see one, even though it's Pictionary, she has no, she has no like uh, competitive spirit when right. it comes to that stuff. And I just enjoy it so much that I can, that I can sit down have a really competitive spirit about it, but um, be friendly with it. Like, just laugh, and when it's over with, just say, man, that was a lot of fun, I lost, oh well. Right. I'm, I'm going to do better next time. But I just think that games are so much. I just, I hate, like, I want to just grab her. Right. But like, see, in D&D, the difference for is that if a player is cheating, it's actually helping you, because you're on the same team as the player. <laughs> If, but it, it, it's, no, so it's my not, next. It's not. But that's not the game, though. I mean, that your bad things happen, and that's just the way. My next. But the, the next thing that I was going to say was that okay, there's two sides of the DM screen. Okay, word well, DM could be cheating. At I cheat things. all the time. When I was DMing, I cheated on every roll. <laughs> yeah, but you do it to make the story better. You know, you're trying to make it either more intense or more action, or not, but or not kill someone. Can you? But are you? How can? I mean, what if there was five screens, and everybody rolled their dice behind a screen? I mean, the the DM. I don't know. Like, I don't know that the DM. Everybody knows if you're playing D and D, and you don't think that your DM cheats on every encounter, or at, like at some point in everything you do, you're you have to just be naive because he has to be because. I mean, I did it just... Sometimes I did it just because I was like, oh my god, this is too much to think about right now. I have all these crazy numbers. I'm not just... Okay, wh- like, in my head, I'm like, I don't even care what you rolled, but <laughs> this guy's dead. Yeah. You know? Um, and other times I did it because I was like, all right, well, this encounter is going really well, and it's it's it could go longer, and I didn't put enough guys in it to make it a good fight. So even though you may have rolled you know, a hit, you don't, maybe you don't know what his AC is yet or something like that. And I'll be like, no, you missed. Or like, okay, he, maybe I'll bump his hit points up so that the encounter is more well matched. I definitely had that feeling a few times with both of you. And I didn't know if I'm like, well, you know, maybe they just 
because it's up to your guys' discretion on what your those those creatures are or or, or whatever their AC is. And ninety percent like, of the time, uh, or maybe, like eighty percent of the time, you know, I stuck to the books, you know, um, layout of the character as far as hit points, damage, you know, his weapons and all that stuff, but. Yeah, I mean there had there was at least one time oh, in every encounter where well, it especially I, I I got those feelings one uh, because you, on your board you have all the statistics for every little thing it, it says what the hit points were or, and, and I remember Evan just looking at the board like trying to fit, find them and I'm just like oh I'll bet he's just gonna make something up. All right. Well, well, and sometimes okay. I will, though. Right. Sometimes I'll have a... You can just have a discussion like, okay, well, how about if I give you this much chance, you know, to succeed? Are you fair with that? Right. And, but you know, I, I was totally okay with... I mean, as much as I'm going, I know he's making that up, I really don't care because this is your story and I'm playing your story and you're allowed to do whatever you okay, want. So, I... I, I I seriously don't know, so, like, what would be an example of something you've seen a player do? Or how you think a player well, again, has cheated. Just in die rolling. That's what I'm talking about. I have two players where I'm almost positive because the way they rolled, you couldn't see their rolls. That it just always seemed like... And I'm not saying... They're like, like, I got an idea. It wasn't like every time they rolled, they would hit. But anytime it mattered. Like, anytime it was that moment where I really need to hit or I don't want to be the cool guy... They always seem to natural twenty there. They always seem to get oh you know twenty seven. It's just like cause you'll hear that tink 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 uh twenty four. Yeah, I mean you're making up crap just like I'm making up crap. I'm a bull. I'm a DM. I'm good at that. I can see it in your in, that you're doing. Let me it. see. I picked it up. <laughs> oh yeah, it happens all the time. You, you somebody rolls and they quickly pick it up and they're like I well, got a seventeen. Now I've got now I've got two things. <laughs> okay, lay it on me. Okay, uh, punishment. You could call them out and say you know. Either you can tell me what really happened, or you can re-roll and take half of whatever you roll. I don't think you do that. Because then you're calling them out in the game. You're calling your friend out. Right. Well, I don't think you do that. But It breaks up so much of the flow of the game. Part of me says you don't do anything. You let it happen. In your head, you question whether or not he cheated. Does it really make that big of a difference? Right. Well, probably it probably doesn't it, make that big of a difference over and over and over again. I, for me, there's the the two different ways I look at it, and I and I've done it both ways. And one way is very adult, and one way is very childish. In most cases, if I think someone's cheating, I will just keep cheating too. I rolled a twenty. I did thirty eight points to damage. Great. This guy has five hundred. Good luck with that. You know, because they're setting the bar early. And I'll just change it, okay? You did a great amount of damage, but it didn't kill this guy. And the worst case I've done is I've killed characters. Well, I'll just uh, I'll just put them in a go. situation they can't win. Be like, oh, I hit you for eighty. Oh, you got twenty four. Sorry, you're dead. You just had make, like make these rules uh, clear out in the open at the very beginning. Well, like, well that's hey, what we do now. If, if I feel uh, you, that that wasn't a, a you know a, honest, a fair, I wouldn't. Honest I don't role. get that feeling that anybody at our no, table well, would do that. And the way the game set up, we're all on the table. You really can't. And I like rolling my dice in front of everybody because it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like that feeling at the craps table where every where everybody's your... betting on twenty, and you need to hit twenty to pay out all these people. You know, oh, yeah. if I sw- I'm swinging my sword and I need to hit to kill this guy, or else we're fucked. Right. It's a group. It's a group so moment. At that I point. feel so like I roll my dice out there in the middle of the table because I want to get everybody's reaction from seeing it fall. Like. 
an epic fail or, you know, an epic... Like the last one, we were caught escaping and we had one guy left to kill and I critted yeah. and just destroyed him. And it was like, boom. Yeah. yeah. And it was awesome because everybody saw it and everybody saw the reaction. And I, I like that everybody like, oh, you know. That was so, awesome. so my advice for those listening, if you're looking for advice, would A, try to have a table setting so that that's just difficult to do. You know, if you don't let people roll off to the side, then you don't have to worry about it. If that's not practical, if you don't have that type of setup, if you think someone's cheating, I would A, just cheat back. Just keep, you know, whatever they're fighting is tougher. Not necessarily to kill them, but just to, to reduce their benefit. Because you know, the, the encounters are supposed to be balanced. So if they're unbalancing it by hitting more often and doing more damage, you just keep cheating on top of it and making their guys tougher. Or you kill their character and you just keep doing it until they get it right. This is, just knowing myself, this is how I really think I would deal with it. I think that I would probably do nothing and I would end up working that person out of my weekly game. I, I, you know, just yeah. if if I yeah. really thought that they did it a lot, and it and it was getting, and because to say it's a problem is a kind of a big th- thing because I mean you're the DM, you can handle it. If you think he's cheating, like you said, you can cheat right back. Mm-hmm. But it's annoying, and there's just there's a uh, not a camaraderie, but there's a there's an understanding at the table. You know, you're there we're, we're have, all having fun, right? But and it's and it's fantasy, but we're still going to stay honest because that's part of the fun. Right. You, that it should be well. Being honest is what adds the drama. If you're not, if it's it's why I don't like superhero movies because a su- it's like a superhero is somebody to me who can roll the dice and roll whatever they want because they have like you know these powers. And it takes the drama out of it. Right. So, yeah, if you're cheating, you need everybody to be honest because that's what adds the drama of winning or losing. But for those of you listening to this who've played with me before, in particular, Rob and Rich, uh, just just a little shout out to you. Blackjack! So, All right, well. Yeah, we, we got a long time. I got to go. We're so. out of time. Um, I hope you enjoyed. I think there was some pretty good discussion in I there. think so, too. I think we, we probably... Went around a little bit too much on some of them, but some of the stuff we started and then went completely. Well, but that's always <laughs> right. the well, case. Thank so, you, Rob. Rob. Did you have fun? Yeah, it was a blast. I appreciate your time and your insight, and hopefully, we're going to play Monday. So, just in a couple of days, we're going to pick up my game right where you guys and then, left off. And I'm hoping maybe that- we could do a podcast this coming week as well as a podcast the week after to make up for like the week that we had to skip. Because there's things we didn't cover today, and there's definitely going to be some Five-minute workday. I was going to say, can you do five-minute workday in five minutes? But I think we still need to stop. Yeah, we need to go. But five-minute workday, it's not a problem. If you think it's a problem, you're the problem. We'll pick that up We'll find out what that means later on. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. This is Michael. This is Evan. And Rob. (laughs) All right. See you next time.